Welcome back to Ads for Success podcast number 11. Welcome to Ads for Success podcast with me, Amanda Perry, agency owner, e-com coach, small business cheerleader, and Facebook ads super geek. This podcast is full of real life advice from pulling back the curtains on my agency, seeing firsthand what's working right now in the world of ads. I'll be bringing you interviews from e-com brands that are smashing it right now and hearing from the brains behind them how you can too. Full of practical advice, actionable tips and straight talking, no nonsense help to improve your e-com store, your bottom line and just maybe your life. Stick around and let me show you how. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or wherever you find your podcasts. And if you enjoy the episode, please do leave a review as it helps others find us. Thanks for listening. And now on with the show. Welcome back to Ads for Success podcast with me, Amanda Perry. I am absolutely delighted today to be joined by Tom Breeze, who is one of the leading lights in YouTube advertising. Tom, welcome to the show. Hey, Amanda, how are you doing? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Very good. Yeah, very relaxed. I just got back from a three-week holiday with the family. So, yeah, feeling very relaxed, oh. feeling ready to, ready to rock and roll. That sounds like absolute bliss. You actually get a holiday. <laughs> well, I'm with the with the kids who are three and four, so it's less of a holiday, more of a man marking um, three week escapade. But uh, yeah, it's um... uh, and and I'm pretty sure you can't tell me that you didn't work while you were there. I didn't work. Um, well, I had the team join me for two stroke three days whilst I was out there, so there was like a little bit of work, but it was actually a tools down, spend time with the family. And it's the first you. time I've been able to do that for quite a few years. So yeah, yeah it was good times. Good for you. That's amazing. That sounds, that's the, the goal, isn't it? So um, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, Tom? Tell everyone about yourself. Yeah. So my name is Tom Breeze and um, I run a YouTube ads agency here in the UK. Um, we just focus on YouTube ads. So we are very aware of all the other platforms, be it Facebook, Instagram, uh, I think are two of the big ones. But then there's um, obviously GDN or Google Display and Taboola and Outbrain and all those sorts of things as well. So we have an awareness of them and we can play nice with those platforms, but our focus and attention is solely YouTube advertising. So we are very good at creating really creative ads. So doing script writing, storyboarding, um, and the editing side of ads. We also do a bit of production every now and again. And then we also run accounts as well. So we're kind of uh, doing the ad buying and making sure that we're optimizing and scaling for clients in multiple different niches and industries uh, and our clients for, for, from all over the globe. The um, We do have a slightly different setup to most agencies though. And the way that we tend to run things um, is in a way where we actually fund the advertising. So we pay for all the advertising for our clients and then they pay for results. So we agree some sort of deal, whether it be cost per lead or cost per sale, and then um, the clients will pay on that basis. But obviously we're funding it. And if we can find any profit margin in between what we're actually paying and what the clients are paying, then that's where we make our money. And yeah, we have really long-term relationships with our clients. We love working with our clients and um, it's a very cool 
um, way to run an agency, I think. I think it's the best way to do it. Um, and um, it makes it kind of risk-free, but it also feels like you're partnering with your clients. You're kind of working with them as opposed to working for them. So it's a different relationship mm. and it, it's a really fruitful one. Um, but um, that's where we're at now. I mean, in terms of my past and what I've been up to, um, I come from a psychology background. That's something that kind of really... Um, from the moment I went to university to go and study it all the way to, through to all doing my master's and everything and doing my dissertations and theses and this type of stuff um, and doing studies and things. I absolutely loved it, fell in love with it and human behavior and how you can change it. Uh, so that's always been, I think, a core of my skill in terms of as an ad, ad buyer um, and, um, mm. and why I love YouTube so much because I feel like at the ad level itself, you have such a big impact. I mean, video is one of those platforms where or youtube is one of those platforms where you're using a video as the ad and you don't really have text and image ads quite as much and so you're kind of you're putting all of your effort into one piece of communication and doing a lot of work there to then get the click to the website so it's quite a different platform to get used to because you haven't got the the benefit of text and image um, and you don't solely rely on that you're actually kind of creating a piece of art, I suppose, that's designed specifically mm. to get people to your website to then take the next step and buy, because uh, we're very focused on direct response advertising. And, uh, and yeah, that's kind of, I suppose, a bit of an intro to me. Um, there's so much more, obviously, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that's kind intro. of a, a bit of intro, yeah. <laughs> That was a great intro. I think the psychology thing's so important, I think, isn't it? And I think that's what, you know, you can really tell the difference between people who coming at it from a, that real deep understanding and people who are just kind of giving it a go so I think that's really important to know so obviously I specialize in Facebook ads I run Facebook ads and my world is very much Facebook mm. ads so on a really um like sort of simple and basic level why why YouTube ads why would people YouTube ad, use YouTube ads and what's the benefit over other platforms mm, that's a good question I, I'm not sure if it's got necessarily a benefit over other platforms it, it does have mm. some unique parts to it that are really advantageous as an advertiser. Um, but it's just different. It's part of the marketing mix, I suppose, is the way that I would look at it. Um, it is a, it's a huge, huge, huge platform. I mean, like I think that if you look at any stats and you go into those websites which say, hey, there's 3 billion views, or I think it's like 5 billion views every single day at the moment on, on YouTube wow. worldwide. Um, and... I don't know, you can read those stats and they sound amazing and it's just huge. But it's, it's. I think the upshot of what most people are interested in when it comes to advertising is like, how big is it compared to someone like Facebook? Right now, it's yeah. um, because people don't use it very well, it's not as big as Facebook. But the thing is, is that when we work with clients who are dialed into Facebook, it takes us about three months to catch up in terms of scale when we're doing Facebook for YouTube mm. advertising. Um, so if you do a like for like comparison, if they're working with an agency or doing it in house, um, it takes us about three months to grow and scale an account to the point at which we rival Facebook in terms of scale. So it's a really, really kind of big, big platform and it can get much, much bigger as well. It just depends on how you're using the platform. If you're using it for direct response only and just saying, right, when people go into YouTube, you want to make, turn them into a customer immediately. Um, then that is um, still a massive market and that's where we focus our attention on. So that is something we um, are kind of using on a day-to-day -day basis. If you were to look at YouTube as like a brand awareness kind of uh, platform, which again, that's where most brands are using it. So that people are kind of looking at YouTube mm. and thinking it's huge because it's like TV um, and it's, it's colossal. 
And if you, and that's where the world is going as well. We're starting to go online to watch all of our TV. It's not like it's terrestrial anymore. It's more like we're logging on to platforms such as Netflix, Amazon, um, and other subscription uh, models. And YouTube is Mm. fast becoming one of those platforms. And if you think like, right, that's where the world are going to watch video. It's a great place for our brand to be as well. It's, it's kind of, if you want to start competing at a, omni-channel presence then youtube is definitely one of those platforms where you're thinking we should probably be there because that's where our customers are going that's where they're kind of looking for information that's where Mm. it's a a great place to be um and it's it's not too difficult to turn a lot of those people that are going to youtube into customers so we can go there and say right if people are searching for information we can be there if people fall into your customer avatar or such or if people are kind of showing some level of interest they might not be in the in the market to buy your products right there and then but if they're going there and this comes back to that brand awareness piece if they could be interested in what it is that you offer then it's a great time to get an ad in front of them to make sure that they are aware of your brand and then start building that relationship with them as well we don't do a huge amount of that Mm. we do do some of that because it's it feeds um some of the um more direct response advertising we would do but we don't necessarily do a huge amount of that. But there are brands out there that are spending fortunes every single day on on YouTube just to get their brand out there. And again, that's a very valid strategy. So it's got its pros and cons, and it's got its differences to other platforms. But really, if you kind of keep it basic and you look at what the difference is, I think YouTube is more of a search platform. So people are going to YouTube looking for information, as well as um, they're in a, a, and by the very fact that they're in a search intent mindset that's closer to a buying intent mindset mindset than other platforms yeah. um but um but the inventory is is expanding all day long because if you're advertising in front of other videos other videos are being created all the time by content creators so it's expanding this this platform if you look at someone like facebook then it's more of an interest-based platform or like a remarketing or an ai lookalike type audience and um, platform but you're all trying mm. to get into the newsfeed right so that's where the vast majority of businesses happening or advertising is is taking place. And so it's a fight for that one page almost, although it does scroll and people do scroll, you're still fighting for that one space. Mm. So it's a bit like the Google front page, how it used to be before Facebook got big and Google was big. That front page was a huge place to be and everyone would fight to be on that front page and therefore the cost would rise. You're starting to see the same thing with Facebook over the last year or so. And um, YouTube haven't really suffered as much from that because people are always creating more and more videos there's more and more places to be advertising in so it gives you that kind of longevity of um a more solid platform and price point it's just the problem is with youtube is it's not easy right it's if you compare youtube to other platforms you've got to go and create a video you've got to learn the platform of adwords which is like seems like the most technical platform in the world it's really not that difficult but first time you look at it it's horrible um and there's more there's new pixels to install and they work in slightly different ways and how do you get that data reported accurately and then you've got attribution issues all of it seems like it's a it's a very difficult jump to move across to youtube um, psychologically but when you do make the jump yeah. it's actually a lot easier than you think it's going to be and the results are incredible when you're doing it right so it's just one of those platforms that is um it's more difficult one to jump into but you have such an opportunity to do it because no one else is doing it. So you have this huge opportunity to get so much reach in front of the right people at the right time, looking for it as you have, and it's not difficult to turn those viewers into buyers. So it's a great platform for that reason. 
Yeah, no, that's so interesting. And I think when you're saying about this, you know, people are in that search mindset and we often talk about this with um, like Google advertising that you don't have to do They're They're already past that top of funnel stage, aren't they? You don't mm. have to do that awareness piece. They're already searching for, you know, how do I do this or where do I find this? Or And, and am I right in thinking that YouTube take their keywords from Google searches as well, don't they? So it's direct from that that problem that they're trying to solve. Yeah, so this is a really interesting one because I think that when you do keyword targeting on YouTube, which is a really like powerful way of advertising, you can, you can spend fortunes every day. Like I'm talking about like five to $10,000 a day purely just on, ad, on keywords right. uh, for some spe- uh, specific niches just on YouTube. Um, so some of the keyword kind of targeting on YouTube is more contextual. So if you look at, something like Google, when you type in a keyword, you're expecting results to come up that are closely related to that keyword because that's it's, it works, works on the semantics of the actual words you're typing in. Mm. If you're looking at somewhere like YouTube, someone types in a keyword and YouTube realizes this is a video platform and so we can't serve you up like videos that have those keywords in. It can have it in the title and descriptions and tags and things, of course, but it's they know that most people don't really pay attention too much to that data. And it's more like, what is the, what video is going to serve you best in this for that search term you've just typed in? Yeah. So it's more contextual. And YouTube's algorithm is very, very clever in working out like, okay, I know you typed in this, but you're going to love this video um, just by human behavior and what data points they're pulling on from the videos themselves. Yeah. But let's say, for example, if, uh, I know one example that I use on stage every now and again is I say, if you type in something like how to kid to sleep at night, uh, which is something that I'm starting to relearn because I've got one on the way. Um, <laughs> but um, if you had to type that in, then it'll give you some videos. It's like, hey, the five top tips to get your kid to sleep at night and that type of stuff. But there's one that comes up typically that's like lullabies for babies. And you think, well, I didn't type in anything yeah. about lullabies. But that's a really useful video to, for, to have in the search results for me so that my my user experience is great from the standpoint of I've gone to YouTube and it's served me up for results that are actually really helpful to me. But they're not looking at the keywords as such. They're more looking at like the context around that. And they say, oh, we kind of know what you're kind of looking for. And here's results that I think you're going to find really useful. So when you use that in your targeting and you think about keywords, it's going to, it's going to be different to how Google works. And that's why all the search results yeah. on uh, if you try and use keyword tools on uh, for YouTube, they're typically terrible and they don't give you the data that you want or it's been dragged through from Google, which isn't accurate. So it's more a case right. of just, I mean, I just, the way that I would do keyword targeting, I just grab as many keywords as I can think of that would be relevant just and just test which ones work. And if you find that ones that do work, you're like, great, well, that seems to please the algorithm. Let's work with that and the numbers look good. So yeah. And that's great, isn't it? Because then you're getting stuff that is genuinely helpful rather than just, you know, if you're searching for how to get the kids to sleep and you're getting stuff that's genuinely helping you in that situation, whether it's a video or a product or whatever it leads on to, if something's helpful, you're much more likely to respond to it in a positive way, Massively. aren't you? And that, that's the thing is that I think that the, um, I mean, we've been going deep on psychology of consumers here in the agency because we've just been thinking, right, who can how do we help people in the best possible way thinking like this how youtube probably thought about this years ago to think like how does this platform yeah. actually work at its core and how do we serve the best possible kind of ads to people so they actually find them very very useful and want to take action and um and so yeah mm-hmm. so it's it's the more helpful you can be to the user in the right way the 
the more they'll fall in love with your brand. So when it comes to the ads that we're creating, we don't look less, it's not just about saying, Hey, click here because we've got something great for you. And it's just all kind of a claim and a call to action. It's much more a case of like, all right, we know mm. where you're at psychologically right now. You, if you look, if you're typing in how to get my kids to sleep at night, you're in a certain amount of pains, like psychologically, it's not easy putting your kids to bed yeah. at night. And it's, yeah. especially when they're not behaving and it's, you're exhausted and things. And the last thing that someone wants to see is an ad that's just going to promote really hard. They'd much prefer to see someone come on and, and give them really valuable advice and say, hey, look, let me just give you three tips. That I think it's going to really help you out right now. Give you, give them. Yeah. And then if they, if you've managed to brand your, your, um, the way that you kind of provide those three tips or you're able to create an ad that is really useful to somebody, but they remember you as a result, then um, they're likely to at that point say, right, well, that's been really helpful. And if the call to action is good enough and the offer seems kind of irresistible and it's like, well, click, mm. let's go and buy the whole program around that or whatever it might be. It's, it's kind of people yeah. are more than happy to find solutions and pay for them if someone goes first and gives value first. So not doing that exactly and that's what and that's it's the same with everything isn't it giving that value first but I guess on YouTube you've got such a direct way to do that people are there to watch a video and they will I mean I know there's the whole thing about skipping the ads and that kind of thing but they if it's if it calls them out and it's value in that first three seconds then then they're going to stay and yeah watch if, it, if someone knows that this video seems very relevant to them in the first five seconds that's kind of the biggest thing you can probably do with a YouTube ad. It's just not necessarily to say mm. like, um, do something crazy in the first five seconds as a pattern interrupt or something on those lines. Just being relevant as a pattern interrupt in itself on YouTube. Like most of the time you're seeing some sort of yeah. random ad that you haven't been looking for that's being shown to you because someone's doing brand awareness very badly or they're kind of targeting you via some sort of remarketing or you fit into some sort of audience um, and they're getting their ad in front of you. Whereas if you are, um, if you see an ad that speaks to you, that such that you're saying, how do I get my kids to sleep at night? And an ad comes up and says, Hey, if you have trouble getting your kids to sleep tonight, let me give you three tips that you can use right now that I think could actually really, really help you. If you just said that at the first part of the video, then you've hooked them in. That's fine. It doesn't have to be salesy. It doesn't have to be like, aggressive yeah. at all. It's just simply a case of saying, let me just help you. I've got some things that will really, really help you. And then of course you need to build in kind of, um, that level of understanding that you know where they're at psychologically building some credibility giving some sort of action plan um and just showcase that this actually does work and so you're kind of selling the idea of using this stuff to help their kids to sleep at night and if they go and see that their kid falls asleep in the mm. next kind of 20 minutes or something they're gonna be like okay that actually worked who was this person again okay i should probably go and get some of their stuff <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw my money at you. <laughs> You've got them to sleep. Take my money. That's amazing. So so uh, what kind of industries does it I can imagine it working really well for that kind of thing and for like coaching and service providers. A lot of my audience are e-com. We only mm. work with e-com. So does it work as well for that direct response stuff in terms of selling an actual product? Okay, so... This is a really interesting one for us to explore because this is, we've been talking about this recently. Like in the agency, we've been talking about like who who do we seem to be working with as in, as in clients of the agency where we're seeing great results and what's yeah. happening there? Like, because let's let's ignore the fact that someone's got a great funnel or are kind of in growth mode, so we have more 
margin to play with and not looking to get like 10x ROI or kind of like when it makes agency life very difficult. (laughs) Um, It's kind of like looking at it from a standpoint of what, um, as a theme basis, what's happening on YouTube that makes it different to other platforms. And I think, um, and I'd, I'd love your viewpoint on this as well, Amanda. So one of the things I think is happening mm. on Facebook is if you're selling some sort of e-com product and someone's showing it, someone has an interest in that type of area. So let's say, for example, you're selling something that is to do with hunting or like a knife or a torch or something on those lines, then there's almost like preset in like mm. um, interests on Facebook to say, okay, if you're interested in this type of stuff, I can show my ad to you and the costs of advertising on Facebook are normally working in such a way where you're like, right, we're making profit and it's working well and we're all good to go sort of thing. And I think the human psychology, if you imagine the the user in that example, they're going to Facebook where they probably are going there because they're looking to connect with their friends or just interested or distracted or bored, or we open up Facebook on our phones for loads of different reasons, but it's not normally there for intent. We're normally just opening up to see what's happening in our lives at that moment in time. Um, And it's, it's an, an extension of your kind of kind of yeah life and those moments where you're like right I'm not working right now I'm not doing something right now let's yeah leisure time or stood in the queue at the supermarket waiting for the kids at school it could be yeah generally those down times isn't it where you get Facebook Tourette's and just kind of go on to it yeah (laughs) Facebook Tourette's that's a great way of phrasing it yeah Uh, so so people are going to the their newsfeed and they're just kind of exploring and seeing what's happening and so if something that's connected to their interests shows up in their newsfeed, it, it, it focuses their attention because they're like, ah, oh, this is something that I'm interested in. What is this? Okay. I've, I've got a bit of time to explore this. Mm. And it's the, um, you're able to siphon off those people that are um, potentially going to buy that product there and then, but then you might start building a bit of kind of relationship with them. So the next time they do the same thing, they go out to Facebook, they see another thing in their newsfeed and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I I saw this before. Okay, let's see what this is again. Mm -hmm. And if it's the right price point and it's kind of like a easy for them to be like, yeah, I should go and buy this. You end up kind of getting the customers and that that price of advertising on Facebook right now is so attractive that it means that you're making, you should make really good profit if you have a really good offer and Mm -hmm. a really good product to sell to people. With YouTube, it's slightly different. So we go into YouTube in a very different way. We either go there because, well, YouTube in the same way they go to Facebook. So when people go to YouTube, it tends to be more of like, I'm sitting down with my phone, I'm going to go to YouTube and I'm going to spend some time here. So it's um, instead of like those short spells of maybe five minutes or 10 minutes or something on Facebook, we tend to go to YouTube and the average session duration is 40 to 60 minutes which is wow. a, it's a long period, right? That is a long time, yeah. Yeah, so I think people start off with a bit more intent and a bit more of like a, the way I kind of see it in my mind is it's like the difference between flicking through channels on TV, looking for something to watch. That's kind of more Facebook mentality, whereas YouTube's yes. much more like sitting down to watch your like Netflix you're yeah, sitting down to like do it. Like appointment viewing. Like I have, I've come here to watch this and this is what I want to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I and, get and, that. and nothing's really going to stop that. you from watching that episode. Um, unless there's a big distraction, like that's your number one focus when you're doing that. Unlike Facebook where it's like things will happen in your daily life and you'll you put down your phone for a second, even if you're in the middle of doing something on Facebook and you're going to attend mm. to that thing with YouTube, it's different. It's like you're dedicated watching at that moment. It's almost like, I don't know if you went to the cinema, you buy a ticket, you're not going to, 
your, your sole attention is on that film. You're watching yeah. it. You're not doing anything else. And that's the way that I look at YouTube. So psychologically, people are a bit, I think, a bit more committed to it. But it means that it's less often. So people aren't going to uh, YouTube quite so often as they do Facebook, of course. But when people go there, they've got that intent behind them. And mm. so what that means is that we're less interested in opportunistic moments where like a based on your interest, you see a product, you're like, yeah, skip ad. I'm not interested in that right now. I'm on the mission for something else right now. Mm. And so you're going to YouTube with a bit more of a, this is more connected. I'm a bit more focused in this next 40 to 60 minutes, which is great for us as advertisers because it means that like, okay, if you're interested in, and you're in that moment in time, actually kind of committed to viewing something that's closely aligned to what I'm doing, I'm very likely to get you to be interested in what I've got and turn into a customer. Um, so mm. it's a it's a very slippery slope from someone who's watching a YouTube video. And if you've got something relevant to those people, it's a very slippery slope to becoming a customer because people are like, oh, this is something I'm actually invested in right now. And so turning into a customer is not too difficult, but you've got to turn up at the right time. And that's the difference, I think, um, to someone like Facebook, where you can get in front of people when they're not looking for you. But with YouTube, you almost have to get in front of them to when they're when they're looking for you yeah and i i think while you were talking then i think i i don't think i appreciate the different things people go to youtube for like if i go to youtube i think of the things i'm searching and it's generally got like a how in the beginning you know it's mm. like how do i how do i fix this or how you know finding those videos people upload on their phones that are awful quality and <laughs> i don't tend to go there to watch stuff as such it's generally you know problem solving which is is perfect isn't it for advertisers if someone's um if I've got if I'm saying I think like let's take the last example we were moving house and I was trying to take apart a reclining chair and I could just couldn't work out how to do it (laughs) and I found this random I google searched it it took me to this random youtube video if I'd have had an advert on there that would have helped me in that situation, I'd have been far more likely to watch it and either purchase it or, you know, if it was a handyman advertising that was around the... I know that's not how it works, but, you know, you're right. I think people are so in that problem mindset, aren't they? Exactly. It, it's it's the problem mindset at that moment in time. And there's going to be... For, for a lot of businesses, there's going to be an opportunity for their customers when you have those issues. So mm. if we keep in the same theme of what you've been talking about there, like I think that's a very unique kind of getting a, a yeah. chair to, to collapse or whatever it is. <laughs> that's kind of like, a, there's not a necessarily huge business in that, <laughs> that one service. Um, but there is a pressing need for those sorts of things. But if you, let's say for imagine, um, let's say for imagine, that doesn't make sense. Let's say for a second and imagine <laughs> that you were looking at how to, I don't know, like how to um, build decking in your garden, for example. You're thinking, yeah. I'm, I'm, bit, I'm handy with my DIY. I think I can, might be able to do it. Then really you should have all the type of um, businesses that sell decking equipment and all that sort of stuff advertising you to at that moment in time. And you should also maybe yeah. have um, landscape gardeners advertising to you as well to be like, hey, if you want us to come around and just plot it all out and talk about how it could look and give you some ideas and things, that's that's exactly what our service does, and so there could be kind of like opportunities like that for people. Um, so it's mm. there's there's moments in time where 
advertisers can or, or companies can run adverts to the right people at the right time and, and make a very very good living doing that and it means that you can i mean you can you can make hundreds of thousands monthly and daily probably doing that type of thing yeah the, the big what i'm noticing in the big opportunities with youtube and the one and the advertising that really scales and and provides consistency is when you think we're tapping into something that is in people's pastime, like in their kind of downtime, like we talked about with Facebook, you go there when you're a little bit bored or you've got a bit of time in your hands, but not that much time. Whereas with YouTube, you're sitting mm. down, you're actually dedicating and committing some time to YouTube. Psychologically, if people are doing that, they're normally doing it in their pastime. So it, it's very unlikely they're going to be going there for work-related stuff. It, it happens, right? So people are like, how do I get this software to work? And then they'll go and buy a big software package or a tutorial package around that software or whatever it might be. That is happening, I'm sure. Mm. But like at the big, big scale stuff, the businesses that really thrive on YouTube tend to be the ones that are tapping into people's um, desires and, and wants at a personal level that might be identity shifts for people or status changes for people. Um, and And that's where we're starting to focus a lot more attention on. So let's say, for example, someone's thinking, do you know what? I, I want to actually get fit now. Like I've, I've, that's kind of like a, if you, if you are um, uh, looking to get a six pack, let's say, for example, um, whoever, let's go for a male audience for the time being, and you're looking to get a mm. six pack, that might have been rumbling in their background for years. They're like, oh, do you know what? I, I really want to do that. Like that's been a, a long-term goal for me. It's It's been, it's a it's a cultural thing. I've seen it in magazines. I've, I've, it's been rumbling in, in the background. It's been something I've always wanted. Maybe now's the time to do mm. it. That type of, and if someone did do it and get and starts to work out and get kind of um, really fit and healthy and to the point where they can attain a six pack and a really great body, if that's something they want, then that's kind of like you've been tapping into something that's culturally been there for a long term, long time for that person. Probably it's not like an impulse thing of like, do you know what? One day you woke up and you think, oh, I want a six pack. I'm going to go and work out right now. It's yeah. it's normally it's been something that's rumbling on long in the background. So that's why kind of health, fitness um, type products and services work ridiculously well on YouTube because it's people. It's a it's a passion of people that is a pastime that people always want to be doing. Um, the yeah. you can see the same thing with business opportunity stuff so um if people are thinking do you know what? one day i'm going to start a business um it's it's the one dayers type people it's the it's the opportunity like one day i'm going to yeah. get a six pack one day i'm going to do this one well, they have a dream they have a thing that they want to go and do and we all have it um and it's when you see an opportunity out there that is feeds into that and you're also kind of half looking for that on youtube as well like i do this every now and again i'm like um, I'll be like, oh, I really want to learn how to do this. It's been something I really, really wanted to do for years. Um, and I start looking into it. I'm very likely to part with a lot of money to get me closer to that goal. Like, oh, here's like a, yeah. um, a fitness system or here's a dieting system or here's a um, here's how to learn how to kite surf or whatever it is. And like, I go and buy 5,000 worth <laughs> of kite surf and never use it in my life. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, I haven't done that, but I can imagine myself doing that. Another yeah, thing in so, the attic. And, and yeah. so it makes you really think about consumers, right? Because it's, it makes me think like, well, at what point is the purchase satisfying the person? Because a lot of people like buy equipment or buy training programs and stuff, and it just never actually goes anywhere. Um, but like we all mm. buy gym memberships and never actually do anything with them and that type of stuff. But the thing is, is that those, um, 
those things you're buying into something and in, in, you're buying into your dream, right? Or you're buying into your long-term desire. And that for me, I feel like at that point of purchase is normally the point at which someone gets a bit of an internal status shift to like, okay, I'm this sort of person now. Yeah. I, this is who I am now. Um, and yeah. I, I've had an identity shift. Now, if you go and do that and you actually go and get a great body or you become a kite surfer or you build a great business or something, um, then your status changes to everybody around you. And that kind of is a big, big draw for a lot of people because sometimes people are like, I want to start a business to show my parents that I can do this or show my friends that I can do this um, or that people have those sorts of motivations. And that for me feels like those types of, those types of businesses can do ridiculously well on YouTube because people are already looking for something like that and they are ready to, to feed their dream, if, if that makes sense. They're going there in their pastime. They're looking to um, kind of move closer towards that desired identity or that desired status. And if you have products and services that offer that, then YouTube is a fantastic platform. That's so interesting. And and I agree with the biz op stuff that you're saying. And also like my husband spends hours watching like investment mm. videos and, you know, trading and like, uh, you know, all that kind of thing. So I think, yeah, those biz op, like making money, getting fit. It's so interesting what you say about, how did you put it? The, um, uh status shift what yeah, was the one the before identity status change shift? and status shift yeah identity change yeah that's so interesting i i really recognize that like that sunday evening scrolling going yes like this is gonna be the week that i do it yeah right exactly and it's... <laughs> and like, get to tuesday and you're like and it's so interesting because like this this hobbies play a big part in this like we have some really big clients in the golf space and in the guitar space and things people spend a fortune on their hobbies like People spend like, they might have like five yeah. or six amazing guitars that cost like five grand each or something. Um, and then surfing and and uh, golf is one that spend, people spend a fortune on. And if there's a problem in their game, they're going to spend a lot of money trying to fix that because that's something they live for. Like, I know people live for golf. They go, they buy the best equipment. They love going out with their mates and playing mm. on the weekend. Uh, walking. And if you say that, like, oh, they're they can't putt or they they're slicing the ball every single time they, they hit the ball. That's like the thing they love. They're starting to hate. And there's a lot of pain there. And it, and, and we forget that we forget that, yeah. that identity, like, cause golf is such a like identity, like a identity game, right? Like if you go with other people, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So in yourself, yeah. you're saying I'm awful at golf. That's your one passion you're terrible at. That's a horrible place to be and you can fix it. And people, and people know they can fix it. Yeah. And so they'll pay yeah. money to do that. And likewise, it's like a status thing. If you're winning the golf games, then it's that the one day thing works in two ways. So it's like one day I'm going to become a great golfer. There's that going from zero to becoming something. And there's also when you are a golfer, you're kind of mm. got all the equipment you play and you're playing off a certain handicap or whatever. And you're like, one day I'm going to win that tournament. Or one day I'm going to, like, it keeps on happening like, like that way. We kind of keep on extending our dreams. And it's the, um, in those moments, you're kind of in a space where you're saying, the once you kind of have achieved a certain level of your goal or your dream or whatever it's like like say for example you're i'm going to build a business and then once you start building a business i'm going to build a business that does 10 million a year i'm going to build a business and you keep on going on and on yeah. i'm going to have like 50 members of staff or whatever it might be as you keep on going but you're always that one daying yourself ahead and i think that's a really interesting thing that's happening on youtube more than anywhere else in a, as a platform so so when we come back to your original question of e-commerce i think that there's 
there's products that can work at levels inside of YouTube. But it's, let's say, for example, you're selling a, a product that fixes a, a problem in the home or something. That's not going to go that far on YouTube. You're, you're fixing a problem, you're fixing a solution. You'll, you'll be able to make it work well on YouTube, sure, because people are looking for that and they're likely to buy that product because you're fixing a, a problem for people. But if it connects to a much bigger dream or a much bigger goal, then that is an identity shift or a status change. That's where YouTube becomes massive because that's where people spend a lot of money and people are looking for it and they go to YouTube for extended periods of time to feed that. Like your husband, for example, looking to become a trader, for example, in that scenario, there's a, there's a, you're feeding your own identity of like, I feel like I can trade. And if I'm making money from that and everything like that, that's a, that's a great position to be in. But also it's like, if people say, what do you do for a living? And they say, I'm a trader. There's a lot of people that wouldn't feel comfortable with that. They might say, oh, I dabble with trading a little bit. And if, but when you can actually make that yeah. jump to say, I trade the markets for a living and you feel confident in saying that, that's a massive status change. Yeah. And it happens like with our guitar um, client, we move the conversation very quickly and we're looking to do it more and more from here's how to play, here's a technique on how to play this song or whatever it might be, which people are looking for to begin with and they might buy that to begin with. But we look to change that conversation around to be like, here's how you can call yourself a guitar player. Like at, at this point, once you've achieved this, you can say confidently, mm. I play the guitar. So when someone says, oh, do you play the guitar? Most people who yeah. play the guitar will either say, yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, I kind of, yeah, I play around with it. Yeah, I, I know yeah, a couple double. of songs where yeah. someone who actually knows how to play guitar yeah. will have no worries in saying, yeah, I play guitar. And it's that, that's the status shift that people are looking for. And it's those sorts of, um, those sorts of businesses that offer that to clients and or to their clients or their customers. I feel like that's a big, um, that's a big draw and those sorts of things. And that's where YouTube can play really well. Huge. Yeah, that's so interesting. That's so, and I think that really plays into a lot of the conversations I have with econ brands around. You know, there are seasonal trends and stuff. Is there stuff? Is there something you could be doing to play much bigger? Like, is there a skill in your business that you can teach other people? This, this market, you know, info learning and e-courses is so huge. Is there some? Is there some way you mm. could have a piece of that? That's so interesting. So. I think the main issue, and, and you'll know this, the main issue that I see with people being put off advertising on YouTube is is the video production element, which you talked about before. So I've got a couple of questions around that, which is what's like the quickest and least friction way for people to get started? And also what are the things that they have to have? I know when, you, when I saw you speak before, there's certain things that you have to hit, aren't there, to be able to kind of uh, maximize your you know reduce your cost and get around the algorithms and that kind of thing so so first of all what's what's the quickest and least friction way for someone to get started in terms of producing a video for for a youtube ad yeah good question so i think let's say for example you've got your script and you're comfortable with that and you've maybe put some sort of storyboard together let's say for example i mean i wouldn't say just just do a talking head video i mean that that can okay. work but um it's not hard to up the production level a little bit and it's good fun as well. It's like, if you say, right, this day is dedicated to video. I'm going to go and I've written a script. I think it's good. And I'm now going to go into production. It depends on where your business is at. Cause if you don't want, if you don't want to spend a fortune, I understand. Um, but you can, you can do video production on iPhones and a good mic. Like it can happen yeah. that way. So the, in terms of equipment and things and like, Oh, like I want to, 
I don't know, I, I don't know what camera to use and what type of stuff. Um, there's that you can do it all on iPhones. The really interesting thing, pulling back on the status thing, is that so many people want to go and buy a DSLR camera, like a buy a beautiful camera. Yeah. They want they want to go and do it because it's the status thing again. Like, oh, I own this camera. This is how good yeah. I am at <laughs> photography. And <laughs> they may have never taken a photo yeah. in their lives. And they want someone following them around, kind of vlogging their day or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah. It won't look very good if it's not if it's on an iPhone. It's like it does the same thing. It yeah. probably does better, in fact. Um, but like, so with, when it comes to equipment and things, then the two things I focus on is audio and lighting. If you can get those two bits sorted, the camera, I don't think is too much of an issue. Um, but the uh, but what I would really encourage people to get comfortable with is the idea of like saying, like, let's just up the production level a little bit. Like, let's say, for mm. example, I don't know, like you're going to go in what, if, if your video is selling a service, for example, and you want to um, talk through how the service works and it might be a three-point structure to it or something, then, I don't know, if you feel comfortable going to a whiteboard, then don't just stand in front of a whiteboard, walk to the whiteboard and film yourself like in a bit of action doing that. Um, it's not as easy as just, just to put a camera on a tripod, of course, but it's it's so much more engaging and it's so much better than an ad. Um, yeah. And it's it's difficult to shoot, but you've got all day to do it. So it's a bit of fun and it's like, just have a laugh with it. Like the more you enjoy it, the more the video will be so much better. Um, so try and work mm. out what sort of storyboard might be nice to take the customer on a little bit of a journey. And it's I'm not asking for like amazing editing. I'm asking for like someone to be upping their um, charisma a little bit on camera and trying out some new things to say, okay, I'm going to try and, what we're going to try and do is start here. Then we're going to walk through to a, a whiteboard and we're going to explain a few things. And then we're going to take them through to another part of the office or whatever it might be. So I'd really encourage people to just get a little bit more creative. It doesn't have to be, uh, you're not creating a Hollywood kind of production or anything. It's just more a case of playing around with it and having a bit of fun with the video itself. And it comes across so much better when it's like that. Um, and um, yeah. and but it doesn't need huge levels of kind of money to throw at it to do that. Um, I mean, the way I look at it is like people look to try and keep the budget down as much as possible in creating the ad. But I encourage people not to do that just because you're going to be spending money on this. And you're going to be you're going to have to if you're going to run ads, you're going to be putting money towards the ad. Um, and so it's worthwhile if you're going to say right, how much are you going to put aside to run the ad? And you say right, I'm going to put aside two thousand dollars or something to run this and see what sort of results we can get. Then if you're going to do that, then you want to have the best piece of creative that you can do to put together. So course, yeah. um, don't try and scrimp and save on the actual video itself. Like if you're going to go into YouTube ads, then take it seriously. Do it. Do it as best you can. And if you if you've never done a video before then get some help with that. Like get someone to help you with a bit of acting or a bit of mm. uh, presentation training. And then also maybe go and hire a videographer that knows what they're doing. So you says, right, that's going to cost you $500 or whatever, or 500 quid. And you think, right, well, that's great. Bring them in, get them to shoot for a whole day and, and uh, give you stuff that actually looks amazing. Um, because there's plenty of those people out there that can do that. And they're really, really good. And it's worth spending the money on that just to get some amazing stuff together. A little little hack that I've done in the past is I've called up wedding photographers and said, look, do you do video as well? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we do video as well. And it's normally a one-man band who takes photos and does video and has a capacity to do both. And like, great, well, can you come down and can we film some stuff together? Just an ad hoc uh, thing. And you can normally get them for a good price because it's, it's not a normal wedding that they're kind of charged for. And you might get them for like less than a thousand pounds or a thousand dollars or whatever, but then they've got really, really good eye for detail in terms of what looks really, really good. 
and they might have some creative ideas themselves because they would have put these this sort of stuff together before and know what looks good. And so you can kind of collaborate with them a little bit. It'll be a ridiculously fun day for them because it's different. And they'll want to do more and more work with you afterwards as well. And they'll give you the footage back in a way that it's kind of really easy to use. So you can build really good connections with wedding photographers and people like that. And I think that's really interesting as well. So when we look at Facebook ads, we're saying get loads of content, let's throw a load of stuff out there and see what works. Whereas with YouTube, we're saying let's do like, what What would you just put one video out or would, would you test different creatives or is it just let's go really deep on one piece of creative and then test if, the audiences and that if, kind of if, thing? I mean, as an agency, we're always testing. Like we're always doing loads of stuff. If you're creating an ad that you're thinking, do you know what, I'm going to put all my effort into one ad and not try and create five ads. I think I'll prefer people to do that to get started with YouTube because you might see some marginal Mm. differences in the videos you create first time round. Like I'm I'm talking about split testing as a really, really useful tool. So um, I do this all the time and we can see massive differences in split testing one idea to another. But if you go in and think, right, I'm going to do my best to create a really compelling ad that connects to when people are searching for this type of thing, then you can't go that far wrong if you're doing the targeting in a very specific way. So keyword targeting, or um, you can do placement targeting as well, which is where you turn up on videos that you choose. So you're getting in front of people at exactly the right time. You don't, I'll prefer people to put their attention and time into creating one really good ad and making sure they just put that time and a focus onto that because then it's, it's going to probably come down to your targeting when you first mm. get started so you can probably get away with creating one good ad putting um seeing what targeting is working for you build that revenue up and then after that go and spend um more creating new ads because the data will tell you what's going on like you can look at where your ads are showing up what people are connecting with what demographics are watching your videos and who's connecting and who's buying and from that i would say go in heavy at that point because you can be like right now we're going to create five or six videos to connect with the different demographics male female age ranges um different search terms and you then you can create much better ads for the people you're getting in front of and where you're seeing good results but um if if it's just like dipping your toe into the water with youtube i know Mm. there's so many like issues with learning youtube and getting into youtube so my advice would be if you're if it's first time in just create a really really good ad that you're comfortable with and you're gonna you're gonna have your work cut out and getting the targeting right. Um, so it's it's worth just like you've got too many things to be thinking about. So don't go and create loads of other videos as well. It just overcomplicate things. So just one ad and then focus on the targeting um, and and split test the targeting. So we're split testing like keywords. What's the equivalent of a lookalike on YouTube? Is it affinity? Um, no, so affinity is more interest based. But the um, on YouTube you have similar audiences. But they, um, you, you can build them off your, you can build similar audiences off of um, your engagement from people. So let's say, for example, you've got viewers, uh, you've got visitors, you've got kind of signups, you've got converters like buyers and things. And they'll naturally build your similar two audiences based off those data points. So off the pixels that yeah. you've got, they'll build them um, or off like viewers and things like that. Um, you can upload your email list to, uh, the AdWords interface, but you have to have spent fifty thousand dollars to be able to do that. It used to be a, it used to be wow. available for everybody, but they've um, capped it um, once you spent fifty thousand. 
and can i i've i've kind of dabbled in youtube ads but nowhere you know i don't have a complete understanding of it at all could i if i had a product could i target say zoella or one of the big influencers can you run ads specifically on their channel Uh, yeah exactly so you can um you can that's like the placement targeting so you can choose to run your ads in front of um different channels so as you say like take an influencer if they're showing ads on their videos which is likely they will be because that's how influencers make their money um you can run your ads in front of any of their videos or you can almost take every one of their videos and individually run your ad in front of every one of those videos and so you can be a lot more specific with not just saying just run it in front of any video in their channel you're now saying run it in front of every one of their videos in their channel and be very specific there or you can use tools like Adzula is the one that I think is the best one out there right now. There are other ones like V-Roll and TubeSift and things where you can type in a keyword and it'll give you a complete breakdown of all the placements that are out there that are um, uh, that are around that keyword theme. So then you can select the ones that you think are relevant and you might have like 600 placements or something that you can then take into your ad account and say, right, I want to run my ad in front of all those 600 different videos. And you should find that you're very, very connected and close to what the viewer's looking for, and you can show your ad at exactly that time. So yeah, you can be very, very specific with it. Yeah, it sounds it. I feel like I need like another five hours to discuss this with you. I could literally talk about this all day, <laughs> but I want to be very respectful of your time. Tom, thank you so much. If people want to um, find out more, I know there's so much more to it, and I know how passionate you are about this. If they want to find out more, um, where's the best place to connect with you? Yeah, so if people want to find out more, then um, I have a book that's called Viewability, and it's all about harnessing the power of YouTube ads. And um, that book is on uh, Amazon. It's also on our website on viewability.co.uk. We'll link to it in the um, I'll link to it in the show notes as well. Oh, perfect. Yeah, we've got a UK one and a US one. I think it's a worldwide one as well or something. But if you go, like, if you find it, it's easy to get there. And um, yeah, it's on our website as well. So viewability.co.uk is our agency site, and some of our trainings are there and that sort of stuff as well. So it's normally the best place to find us on a. Kind of if you're interested in working with us in some way and then obviously on facebook you can just find us on tom breeze and same with youtube as well um and just find, find us there and um come and say hello thank you so much tom honestly i'm so grateful i know you're well we could both talk about this stuff all day i know how um how passionate you are about the platform and about getting the results and and the the agency setup that you have is just absolutely fascinating to me i know when we spoke about it before it's so um it's just so in depth, isn't it? It's such a complex, it's such a complex way of running it, but it just works so well for everyone. So I think you're a real, uh, a real kind of cheerleader for you know that type of agency. So absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today, and I will speak to you soon. Thanks, Amanda. Loved it. Wow. Thank you so much, Tom. That was absolutely fascinating. Going really deep on all that psychology stuff is just so, so interesting to me. I hope you all got loads from it. If you're tempted to try YouTube ads, I know it does need a deeper level of commitment in terms of producing the video. Tom is the absolute leading authority on this stuff. I'm going to link to his book in the show notes. Please do go and check it out. Check him out as well. I'm going to Drop all the links in the show notes. Go and find out more. See if it's suitable for you. And I wish you every success with it. Hope you can join me next week. Okay.